Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jeremy Harris, a.k.a. The Dork of Wrestling. Back at it again with another episode here. This is going to be episode two. Last week's episode uh, only got two views. I'm going to do a better job at trying to promote it over on my Twitter. Hopefully, it'll get more views. We'll see. Uh, I got maybe four or five new wrestling followers or wrestling fans following me on Twitter this week. So that was pretty cool. Maybe they'll be interested and give their opinions about it. But I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, anyway. Uh, If you want to voice your opinions about wrestling or just talk to me about it, go ahead and follow me at J-E-A-R. B E A R 70, that the number is 70, Jerry Bear 70. Uh, just go ahead and follow me. <clears throat> so last week I had my friend Brendan on the show with me, and we gave our thoughts and opinions about uh, what would happen on the fast lane card. We gave our predictions. Uh, so for this week, I'm flying solo, and I'm going to be going over fast lane itself. And what I thought about it as a whole and kind of tying it back into what I thought would happen and then what actually happened. So let's just get into it. So on the pre-show, we were supposed to have two matches. Uh, It was going to be Andrade versus Rey Mysterio, but that didn't happen. We'll get into that later. Uh, And then the New Day versus uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. And more specifically, it was Xavier Woods and Big E. Now, last week I thought it really depends on where the card or where on the card uh, for the pre-show battle would really affect who wins. Because if it was the first match, then I thought that the heels would win, and then if it was the last match, then the faces would win. But it ended up being the only card, or it was the only match on the pre-show card, so. The face team wins. That's normally what happens. Normally on the pre-show, faces win, and it just gets the fans hyped and excited and happy going into the main card. Uh, this match, nothing too amazing, really, uh, but Xavier Woods looks great. He looked really resilient, taking you know bumps and getting choked out and just really playing the, his role perfectly uh you know biggie comes in does all the uh the heavy lifting and whatnot but xavier woods is quick and resilient and shows that just because he's a part of a tag team he he could have a singles run any member of the new day really could they're all fantastic uh the new day win with the up up down down which i don't remember what they used to call it something something I don't even remember, but they used to call it something else, but now they call, oh, they called it the Midnight Hour, I think, or the Midnight Owl, something like that, but now they just call it Up, Up, Down, Down. Uh, It was a good match, nothing too amazing, Uh, but let's move on to the main card now. We started off with the, we started off with the SmackDown title uh, match, the Usos defending against the Miz and Shane McMahon. This match was, uh, it was, it, it was a good match. I like this match. Uh, you saw there was a spot where the Miz was laying there ready to take the, uh, 
<laughs> the frog splash. But then you also had an Uso in the corner ready to take uh, a coast-to-coast. I don't remember which one it was. And Shane and one of the Usos collided in the middle of the air. So that was that was pretty cool. And at the end of it, the Miz, the Miz was just flying all over the place, way out of his wheelhouse, really, you know, playing off the momentum of the crowd. He dove off the top rope into the Usos. That was pretty cool. And then you also saw him go back up top and go for a frog splash of his own. But Uso got his knee up and pinned him. And for a moment, it looked like nothing was going to happen. There wasn't going to be a heel turn. But when the cameras stayed on him for extended period of time and they didn't cut to a you know, you know what ad or anything or commercial, you knew someone was turning heel. And it ended up being Shane. Shane turned heel on the Miz, beat the living hell out of him. Some of those punches looked actually stiff. The Miz sold it really well whenever he was in the like the triangle choke. Not the triangle choke, but like Shane had his legs wrapped around his throat and pulling on his arm. And the Miz was fading, looking at his dad and whatnot. Uh, Shane just played it you know, really well, turned heel really well. The Miz sold it perfectly. The only real bad thing was is uh mr miz george over there uh didn't really do a whole lot he just kind of was like oh no you're beating up my son oh stop it no uh (laughs) you could tell you could tell uh the miz the miz was definitely the better actor in this regard (laughs) um so in the next match we had oscar versus mandy rose and you could tell that these two didn't have the most chemistry in the world. Um, the ending to me was a little weird. I, like, I get it. Uh, I get it. You have Sonya Deville trying to get a weapon from under the ring, you know, to maybe throw in to help Mandy. But it was like in plain view of the ref. It just was like, okay. I mean, I get the premise of it, but just. Why so blatantly obvious? Like, oh, don't mind me over here just holding a kendo stick. (laughs) Uh, But the ending was different. You had Mandy Rose uh, go to hit off the ropes. And since she slipped on the ring apron that was left in the ring from whenever Sonya lifted it up. Uh, And then Asuka kicked Mandy right in the face. And, you know, some kicks, they don't they don't hit some some punches don't hit. Uh, one later in the show uh, but this one just hit square right in her jaw just, oh man Asuka with those stiff kicks just knocked Mandy right out so on the main card so far I was two for two uh, I got the Usos retaining and I had Mandy retaining I think Brendan had I think Brendan definitely had Mandy Rose winning and then I think that he had Shane and The Miz winning it back. So I think he's over two. Uh, and then after this match, we had a segment where Kofi was waiting backstage for uh, his call in with Vince McMahon earlier on the pre-show. He, uh, whenever he was going to go out there with his new day brothers, 
he was told that Mr. McMahon wanted to see him about his WrestleMania match or something like that. So we cut back to on the main card and <clears throat> excuse me. We come back to the main card and Kofi and the new day are all together outside of Vince's office. And Kofi is like, Oh yeah, he hasn't called me in yet. I've been waiting all this time. And you know, his, his brothers, Xavier Woods and Biggie are like, no, no, you've got to go in there. you got to kick down that door. And they storm in there and they demand that he gets added into the match or get this opportunity or something like that. And then Vince says something along the lines of, it's like, you want your opportunity. You got it. That, that, uh, that world title match is now going to be a triple threat match. And that match is up next or something like that the way that he worded it was weird because it just the way that he said it made it seem as though Kofi Kingston was definitely going to be added into the triple threat match or added into the Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens title match and it'll be a triple threat match now so Kofi goes out there finally and he's all excited ready ready for his big match and then there was an awkward segment where the ref is talking to the announcer and whatnot. And the announcer comes out and says, oh, sorry, this match is now going to be a two-on-one handicap match. And the bar isn't even going to have to tag in. And the bar just beat down, just beat down Kofi Kingston. And you could tell the fans were obviously not happy with it. Uh, they were chanting, this is boring, as Kofi was just, it should have been pinned, but then the bar would lift him up, and just, yeah, this match was, it was just boring. These past two matches really weren't anything special, to say the least, and it kind of just sucked the life out of it, drained the crowd. Uh, then you had the New Day come out, the rest of the New Day come out and try to help Kofi. They were banned from ringside, but... After Kofi was just getting beat down, they couldn't take it anymore. But as they were coming to help, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev jumped him just to kind of get revenge for earlier in the night, I, I guess. And I don't know. It's just it's really weird. I understand why. I mean, they're building Kofi up to win at Mania. But to do it this way was really strange. But then at the back of your mind, you have to think like, okay, Vince McMahon said you're going to be in that triple threat match later on or something like that. So you're kind of thinking, okay, they're building to him being in that triple threat, but now he's going to be hurt. So whenever he comes out later, he's, he's going to be less than 100%. So it's even more of an underdog story. But we'll get to that triple threat match later. Uh, next up is the Raw Tag Team Titles, the Revival versus Chad Gable and Bobby Roode versus Aleister Black and Ricochet. <clears throat> um, this match started off slow, but it really built up, and you got to see Ricochet, Aleister Black, and uh, pretty much you got to see high high spots from. Everybody, everybody looked good in this match. The match as a whole was great. The ending was really nice. You saw Ricochet go and just, he's so athletic, just jumped over the top turnbuckle onto the outside and hit 
I want to say it was one of the revival. I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, but he jumped over. But while he was jumping over, Chad Gable tagged himself in. And then him and Scott Dawson uh, just went at it with each other. The two really great technical wrestlers just going at it. So that was a really cool moment to see. Chad Gable is such a good technical wrestler. He's transitioned seamlessly into the WWE. Scott Dawson is just a fantastic wrestler in his own right. So that was a good spot. And last week I predicted that Chad Gable would be the one taking the pin. I was right about that, but I was wrong about Bobby Roode turning heel. Uh, yeah, if he was to turn heel, that'd be two heel turns in one night. So, and I mean, it's been done before, but I guess they're not going to break him up yet, which is fun. And they're really good. Uh, after the match, it was just a finisher fest. Everyone was hitting their finishers. And at the end of it all, Aleister Black and Ricochet uh, came out on top. So they still look strong. They weren't the ones that took the pin. And after the finisher fest, they were the ones standing tall. So good for them. Maybe they will win the tag team titles at Mania. I, I don't know. I predicted that they could go for either one of the tag team titles, either Raw or SmackDown, but SmackDown's looking like they're building to the Hardys just came back, so maybe the Hardys versus the Usos on SmackDown. And then for the Raw one, the Revival versus Aleister Black and Ricochet. Once they're finally done with uh, the Dusty Rhodes tag team classic down in NXT. So, so far, I'm perfect on the main card. I think I got all of these right on the main card. I, I missed the pre-show kind of, but uh, anyway, let's keep on rolling. Next up is going to be the United States title match. This is the match I was referring to earlier that we would get to Rey Mysterio and Andrade Cien Almas actually got added into this match. Uh, you had a petition going around for Carmella had a petition going around for our truth to be added back into like the, the title picture and how he never should have lost the title and blah, 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 blah. And Samoa Joe said, screw it. I'll take all of them on. I'll take on Ray. I'll take on Andrade. I'll face our truth again. I'll take all of them on. And just being like the fighting badass champion that he is. This match uh, didn't really have any slow points. Uh, you saw a lot of offense. Sometimes in fatal four ways, you would see, just two men going at it and while the other two take a breather and then they would switch it up and the two fresh guys would come in, get their offense in while the other two take breathers. But there wasn't really a whole lot of that in this match. Uh, everyone looked strong. You know, R-Truth got in John Cena's five knuckle shuffle a little bit. It was pretty funny since his John Cena is his quote unquote uh, idol now. <laughs> so uh, that was pretty funny. And in the end, Samoa Joe choked out Rey Mysterio with the Coquita clutch. And boy, oh boy, I think Rey was in it for a good solid five or ten seconds. And they just called the match. So that was kind of weird, especially whenever like Samoa Joe, as he's like staring everybody down as he's walking to the back. Rey Mysterio looks frustrated and is walking around. That man just got tapped out or a. Uh, choked down unconscious and now he's just walking around like oh darn i lost 
Like, so it was kind of weird, the selling of that. But this match, at, to this point, was my favorite match of the night. Really got the crowd back into it. Uh, or really got the crowd hot, rather, because they were still into it uh, after the Raw Tag Team title match. But this was my favorite match of the night up to that point, really. But sadly, that that steam really uh, ran out because the women's tag team title match was next, and it was the Boston Hug Connection versus the Samoan Slaughterhouse. And yeah, this match was just uh, oh man, just wasn't very good. Honestly, Tamina had a botchy spot, and yeah, it just never really took off for me. And I don't really know what they're building to because after after the match happened, Tamina and Nia Jax just beat down the Boston Hug Connection because they were mad that they lost. And then Beth Phoenix, who was on commentary at the time, like guest commentary, came in, st- stared down Tamina, hit her in the face, got jumped by Nia Jax, and then Natalia got involved. So... Are we building to a Beth Phoenix and Natalia versus the Samoan Slaughterhouse? Is that is that what we're getting at? It's not really a, a match that I would want to see, to be honest. But I don't know. Hopefully they work something out. Uh, it's cool to see Beth Phoenix back. The glam is on. Hall of Famer. Uh, she still looks like she's in incredible shape. <laughs> so even after having her kid. Uh, so... Good for her. Uh, and I like it gives Natalia something to do, I guess. So that's cool. I love Natalia. So we'll just have to wait and see. All right. On to the triple threat for the world title. Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens versus, is it going to be Kofi Kingston? Oh, and Mustafa Ali's music actually hits. And it was sad. Fans were booing Mustafa. They were chanting for Kofi. Everyone really wants Kofi. Everyone wanted Kofi to be in the match, which kind of sucked because, damn, Mustafa Ali is already a star. And I know he's been wrestling for, you know, his for most of his life. Uh, well, no, he was actually a police officer. I don't know. But he was just kind of on 205 Live, cutting great promos, being a great wrestler. And then all of a sudden just showed up on SmackDown Live, got thrown into the world title picture. And he is just, he's already a star. He was selling his ass off, bumping his ass off, uh, putting everything out there. And this match was really nice. Everyone in this match, you have one of the best technical wrestlers. You have one of the best uh, high flyers. And then you just have Kevin Owens, who's all around great. Uh, at some point you actually thought that Mustafa Ali could actually win. And some moments you thought Kevin Owens could actually win, but in the end, uh, it was Daniel Bryan. And you can't really be mad at that. Daniel Bryan hits Mustafa Ali with the knee as Mustafa was coming off the top rope, kneed him right in the face and got the pin. And it's, it's clearly going to be Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania. But honestly, I wouldn't be mad at all in the slightest if it became a fatal four-way with Kevin Owens and Mustafa Ali back in it. 
wouldn't be mad about that at all. Uh, <clears throat> next up was Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. And boy, oh boy, this match was just, it was just boring to watch. It was just a beat down. Becky hardly got in any offense. And it was just really predictable because everyone knew somehow, some way, Becky was going to win because she was definitely going to be added into the WrestleMania card. And this was the last real chance for it to happen. In the end, uh, in the end, Ronda Rousey came out while Becky was in the figure four. I don't know if Charlotte Flair had bridged into the figure eight yet, but Ronda came out, hit her while she, or Ronda came out, hit Becky while she was in the figure four slash eight. So the match was ended. Becky got disqualified. So Becky, no, Charlotte got disqualified, which meant that Becky won the match and got added into WrestleMania. Oh, man. It's, it's not as confusing as I made it sound. Uh, it was This match just was boring, and this whole entire road to WrestleMania for this was just... It's become a maze. There's been so many unneeded twists and turns. You just Becky won the Royal Rumble. That's it. That's her shot at the title. That's easy. That's a perfect way to tell the story. That's all you needed. And if you wanted to add Charlotte in there, okay. I, I guess I was okay with, with uh, Becky getting injured and taken out of the match and adding Charlotte. But then Becky comes back and she's healthy, so she's back in. That's easy. That's an easy story. But then you have Becky being hurt. On and off, she's suspended, not suspended, suspended again, arrested, not charged, and it's just so unneeded. It's such a roller coaster. And hopefully, at the end of this roller coaster, the triple threat match is going to be great. And if it's not, then all of this is just going to be even worse. Uh, Anyway, hopefully that's that's in a couple weeks. We'll get there. We'll see. Uh, next up is Elias. Elias comes out. I think this was his second or his third time to come out and talk crap to the fans. Really just playing off of like no wonder LeBron left and stuff like that. Just really doing his whole his whole shtick, you know, making the crowd mad at him, but He's so good at it that you love him. So it's it's a weird dynamic. Then Lacey Evans comes out, does her whole her whole bit, and walks down the ring, or walks down to the ring. And Elias gets up and he's looking at her. He's like, "Oh, you coming in? All right, okay, cool." And then while she's turning around to walk back, Elias turns around right into an RKO out of nowhere, which the crowd popped for as they always do. <laughs> and then Randy Orton's like, you know, basking in the glory of, yeah, I just hit an RKO out of nowhere on this dude who's on a different brand. I don't have a feud with at all. I just do what I want. Cause I'm the Viper while well, he's basking in the glow of that. Uh, he turns around and there's AJ Styles leaping off and hitting him with a phenomenal forearm. <laughs> uh, it was so random, uh, but everyone popped because everyone loves AJ Styles. Everyone loves, well, everyone loves an RKO out of nowhere. I don't know if they actually love Randy Orton, but 
this was really to set up their rumored mania match. It's probably going to happen. It was just a time killer, honestly. Uh, it kind of dragged out, I guess. Uh, seeing Elias for two or three times, I get it. It's just to slow the roll down, kill more time, kind of make it to where it's not just match, 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 match. It's a like a little buffer period, so I understand it. And it just kind of sucked because it, it was a buffer after a crappy match. <laughs> a buffer after Becky versus Charlotte. It, I just kind of wanted to see another match right after just to get the taste out of my mouth of that match. Uh, but it was just a time killer, like I said, before the main event. And then the main event was The Shield versus Baron Corbin and his goon squad. Uh, this... This got a lot of run, and the crowd was hot for it all throughout, really. Kind of started slow, but built up, and it had sort of a, a house show feel to it. You had the powerbomb through the announce table, and just the feel-good moment at the end uh, where they all do the little thing where they put their fists together and do the shield thing. Roman Reigns uh, you know, got his wish. He got the boys back together for they pushed hard for this. They really did all throughout, all throughout this match. They pushed hard that this was going to be the last time the shield got together. And so Roman got his wish for the shield and the boys to ride one last time. It's just, it was weird because they're pushing hard that it's going to be their last time. And it kind of makes you think that maybe Dean Ambrose is leaving. Actually, maybe, I, I don't know. But we had the quote-unquote once-in-a-lifetime match with John Cena versus The Rock, and we all know how that turned out. It wasn't once-in-a-lifetime. They faced each other the very next year. So we'll see. Maybe this is the last time. I don't know. We'll see. But it was it was a feel-good moment. We all knew The Shield was going to win. This was Roman Reigns' first pay-per-view back after you know announcing that he was in remission, and hopefully, hopefully, it's not Baron Corbin versus Roman at Mania. Uh, I hope it's not that, but we'll see. I was right about that, but I was wrong about Dean Ambrose turning heel, which I'm I'm cool with. It wasn't the moment at all. It was just a feel good moment to see all of them together and in the night, you know, that way. So that's that's fine. All in all, the show was it was all right. There was some great matches, the Fatal 4-Way, the Triple Threat match uh, for the title, or the Fatal 4-Way for the U.S. title, and then the Triple Threat for the world title, just to clarify. Um, my favorite match was probably going to be the Triple Threat match. Mustafa Ali, Daniel Bryan, and Kevin Owens just put on a, a excellent match, and I loved it. Uh, there was some stinkers, though. Really, all the women's matches – we're all kind of meh, which is a shame. But hopefully, you know, if they're, if they're the main event and it's Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, if they're the main event, like the actual closing show, they'll, you know, steal the show, hopefully for their sake. <laughs> but really all of those matches were stinkers. And the whole Kofi Kingston getting beat down by the bar, that moment was kind of meh to me too. But overall, I enjoyed Fastlane, and 
Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. I would love to hear your thoughts and opinions about that. Um, voice them on Twitter. You know, DM me, tweet at me, whatever you would like to do, or shoot me an email. Uh, I have my email listed on this account. I don't know if you can see it, but I'll, I'll uh, be sure to put it on my Twitter as well. So if you want to do that. But like I said, if you want to voice your opinions with me, go ahead and hit me up on Twitter. Uh, J-E-A-R-B-E-A-R-70. Uh, Bear 70 Let me know, guys. Whew. I just talked for almost 30 minutes straight. I'm out of breath. Sorry about that. All right, but on to next week. I don't know what I'll be doing next week yet. I think I'm going to have Brendan back on. I may have another guest. We'll see. Anyway, until next time, guys, this was the Dork of Wrestling, and I'll see you all next week. Peace.